Now go ahead and talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. TheWordBros.com. Welcome to another fantastic edition of Word Bros. I'm Hi, I'm Bob Franz, and this week we are talking to television writer extraordinaire comic savant. He knows a lot about comics. Like just his his comics knowledge is very powerful. It's vast. Yes. It's vast. He yes. is basically the walking DC and Marvel encyclopedias rolled into one. And a very nice guy, Jordan Bloom. Yes, Jordan Blum is the uh, he's the writer, co-writer of Minor Threats, which is out right now through Dark Horse Comics. So let's get right to Jordan. Who's hanging around the bums in comics? What's up? <laughs> What's up, Jordan? Hey guys, uh, thank you for having me back. Of course, of course, you've got. You're this always big, welcome. Back. Yeah, you're always welcome. You've got this big book out that you're promoting now with Dark Horse. You and your buddy Pat Oswald are rocking and rolling, moving and strolling like you are just. I mean, because the last time we spoke, you were talking about your Modoc series, right? That's the last time we spoke. Yeah, so I I wrote that. And then um, I've done some more stuff for Marvel. I did a, a, a Spider-Bot series, finally something kids could read uh, yes. for their uh, um, Infinity Comics. I saw that on Marvel Digital, man. That was cool. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. And it was a really good, like, all right, you got three pitches to tell a story, you know, better figure out how to do it. Um, so it was a nice challenge to kind of tell these really tight, you know, concise stories and, and then make something for all ages. And, you know, it was like, well, can I use the thing? And can I put the X-Men in there? And like, do whatever you want. So it was really <laughs> cool. And then um, we went to Disney to, to the, um, you know, like Avengers Park or whatever part of the, uh, the California Adventure. And uh, it was like fun to ride the ride. And then my kids could be proud of me for once and Aww. went into the, you know, the thing after the, the, um gift shop and you could buy the bots and they're like oh my dad wrote these and they're like great are you gonna buy this or not uh, <laughs> all right hey kid, there, hey kid there's a long line hit the bricks yeah i don't <laughs> i don't even know what comics are but uh you're gonna buy this it's uh you know 50 bucks but um it was that was kind of fun to write those and then um this kind of came up and and we've been working with dark horse on it for a while and, and we brought Scott in very early on to co-create it with us and, um, you know, meet the Modoc Head Games team. Now the team is, it's you, Pat Oswald, and the art for this book is beautiful. The PDF I have that you gave me doesn't have the creative team on here. So um, who's the oh. artist of this book? It's great. So uh, Scott Hepburn, who, okay. who uh, pencils and inks, um, and he, he had, we had worked with him on Modoc Head Games. We just loved 
exciting for him. I mean, he's such a dynamic storyteller. He's yeah. so cinematic and, and he can do really big high octane action and then really great small moment acting. Um, so his sensibilities were incredible. And then uh, he brought on um, Ian Herring on colors and then we have uh, Nate Picos on, on lettering and it's just his dream team. And, um, you know, Scott was there in the very beginning of the discussion of what this is going to be and, and how to kind of lean into what excited us. And it was really his idea to make the, the city a character. And I mean, you can just, it's, you can look at the comics for hours. There's so yeah. many little Easter eggs and things he put in there. I love the, I love that the, the buildings and the houses being built on the Kaiju. That I was going to say that was really cool. Very creative. Thanks. It was this idea of like, all right, let you know, we want, we want as a little bit of a meta narrative of like, Silver Age characters, Bronze Age characters kind of being dragged into the modern age. So what does that city look like and where would they live? And, and we like the idea that this is like a city that's weathered and endured 60 years of comic continuity. And this specifically is kind of the neighborhood the superheroes don't give a shit about. So awesome. it's just going to have these fallen, you know, kaiju bones. And, and um, you know, you can see these like, you know husks of these plants from like a poison ivy kind of takeover that just were left there so we really wanted like the remnants of all, of all these superhero fights and things to to be there and as the series progresses you'll see it kind of becomes like not just a sur survive the night story but a survive the city story yeah because this place is just kind of crawling with like you know time bubbles that were just left there from a fight that you know encapsulate a whole block all these kind of fun things that you got to kind of navigate your way around. And, and we even have, you'll see in a second issue, uh, the character Pigeon Pete has like a... Oh. Do we lose him? Jordan? Make it a part of this where... What is the reality of having superheroes who were going fights for, for six years? Like, no one's going to clean this up. Like, life just continues in the city. So that yeah. was a huge part of that was Scott. That's awesome. Now, um, you and uh, you and Patton Oswalt seem to have, like, a good thing going there, man. Like, how does that whole thing work out? Like, do, do you call him with an idea? Does he call you? Like, how does that whole thing go together? Yeah, I mean, it's back and forth. Like, we have a lot of kind of TV things that are – in the works right now and and then this came from him where he had done a black hammer story for dark horse oh and they that's really right liked it so same, yeah it was, it was fantastic if you haven't read it um uh, a play on um oh, what is it they made the, the movie of it um with the two girls and Here, Steve what is uh, what is that, that hang on i'll just look the Daniel Klaus one. Um, I'm just having a, a brain fart. My my bad. But uh, okay. anyway, he, he did a play on that, but set in the world of Black Hammer. And Daniel Chabon, who's who's the editor of Black Hammer line, was like, "If you have any ideas, you know, let's let's talk." So he had Patton had this kind of Batman idea, but he were both kind of like, "We should be doing our own thing." And then I had had an idea separately that of these characters for like a you know d-list squad and we kind of combined his idea which was was 
these guys going out, going after the Joker with some of the characters I had for mine. And it, it kind of minor threats from there. And we pitched that to Daniel and he was super into it. And, and he's the editor to work with when we're building out a, a superhero universe from scratch. Cause he's done it successfully with black hammer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. I dig it. So like, you've got the Batman character in there, obviously. How did you, how did you piece together all the villains? Like, did you just kind of grab fun parts of little people that you've liked all through your years? And, or... and who is the mummy villain? The, the That guy is awesome. Uh, Major mummy. I, I figured, <laughs> I figured I was just guessing. Cause they never said that his name was never mentioned, but I was like, that's my favorite dude right there. I like me. <laughs> He's great. I love him. And, and then Scott created this like, <laughs> anthropomorphic fly character in a punk jacket at the bar named shit eater he's one of my favorites too a lot of those kind of background guys um but uh you know we we knew we what we wanted to do was kind of tell um a giant kind of joker batman story but from the perspective of either of those characters you know it would be from these c-listers because i think it's the idea that like they they don't care about you know, creating chaos or making a name for themselves or, you know, uh, fighting some kind of rivalry. Like these guys are criminals who are just trying to knock over jewelry stores, make ends meet, pay their alimony. Pay the rent. They want to pay the rent. Com- these are the common man criminals. These are the uh, proletariat criminals. The, the, the yeah. Dusty roads uh, of, the, of the criminal world, baby. Totally. So, so Patton's idea was like, well, you know, every time the Joker holds Gotham hostage, it makes life hell for these guys because Batman's working his way through them, you know, and uh, they can't do their job. And they're just, you know, like it's worse. So, so the idea of like the little guys, you know, again, these these bottom feeders and their threats um, going like this is I can't we can't do this anymore. Like, let's go kill this A-list villain, we'll collect the bounty and then we can just get back to normal. We can get back to our jobs because this guy's, you know, turned the city into a police state with the, you know, our version of the Justice League, the continuum, tearing this place up, looking for him like this is hell on us, um, even more so than the hero. So let's just, we know this world better than anyone. We'll find him and we'll kill him ourselves. That's and that was cool. kind of the, the genesis of the story. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's got like a superhero, it's like a super villain, Dirty Dozen vibe. Yes, it's the, you know, we, we talked a lot about, uh, we talked about Westerns, but we also talked about our crime fiction, you know, kind of the Coen brothers characters that are, you know, these low level criminals who, who kind of decide to punch above their weight class, you know, and, yeah. and are in over their heads, these underdogs. And we just thought that's such like a fun story to set in a superhero world. I've never seen those kinds of things mixed together. You know, there's some, there's some fun things like, superior foes and books like that and you know stuff that feature the rogues from flash but i've never you know kind of a, a, a creator own book from the perspective of these guys and and i love that world and you know we get to explore it like where do they drink where do they get their costumes you know who's who how, how they get their gear and how does it trade hands and that was kind of what led to a lot of the characters you know of like scalpel like she's the mob doctor for these guys, you know, how do they get patched up and get back out there? You know, well, what is that like? Does she own clinics and what happens when the superheroes clamp out for business? So it started to kind of just organically lead to like, who would join this crew? Why? What's their motivation? And the fun of the series is a four issue series is 
switches kind of narration and perspective. So we'll get to learn more about the crew who you kind of at least barely meet, you know, who, who, who side with Frankie, our main character in the first issue. And you get to really end the tragedy of their lives that led them into this position where it's like, look, the only way I can make money is if I put on the snake costume and go rob a jewelry store. Like this is all I've got. This is all the all, only hope I have in life. So that's, that's, we wanted to explore that kind of, of, of low life criminal. The desperate nature of costume criminals, if you will. <laughs> Absolutely. The C level, the C level costume criminal. There is, I mean, it's really great though, because I mean, I remember, you know, as I got older, uh, reading comics with buddies of mine, and we would have the same conversations like, who cleans up after the superheroes come in and knock everything over? Where does Stilt Man get his stilts? And if they break, who <laughs> fixes them? So it's like, these are cool. And like, you come up with these cool little like, oh, well, obviously he goes to the, the tinkerer because he fixes all that. That's his. So it's cool that you're kind of building your own little world that way. That's really fun. Yeah, I've always loved that. And I think what's fun about these guys too is if you look at comic history, you know, uh, these are silver age bronze age villains right they were probably introduced for show up to show up once you know they've got a gimmick it's usually their costume it's usually animal themed or something or i have a kite yeah (laughs) a kite exactly where it's like i don't know we got to fill a deadline so it's kite man porcupine it's whoever you know and that's most of the bronze age and silver age and then the modern age comes and all of a sudden like joker shooting people and you're like what happened you know you should just run around in porcupine costumes and 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 now like the idea of like what happens to these guys when like frank miller and alan moore and all everyone shows up and it's like and and you know how does this affect them where it's like i thought we just put these costumes on and now like this person is trying to like break you know gordon and batman (laughs) like what's happening i thought we're just robin banks here and I kind of love that these guys are professionals, you know, they're not in it to, uh, you know, rewrite reality with the Infinity Gauntlet. They just want to make that scratch. They just want a slightly better place in the world than where they are now. And I think that's such a cool, relatable, street level point of view, especially when you have a much bigger story kind of happening. And we talk about like basically death in the family is happening <laughs> off screen but we're not telling it like from their perspective. It's not about those guys. They can hash out their big epic fight. It's the little guys who have their own little mission. Yeah, no, totally. That's really fun. That's really fun. Now, when you were creating your own, obviously, what do you say his name was like shit man or whatever? (laughs) Shit eater. Shit Shit eater. So like now when you found, when you were rummaging through and trying to create your own, I mean, when you guys have names like shit eater, I imagine you didn't run into it, but I'm sure there are golden age and bronze age guys where it's like, oh crap, we can't do that because there is a kite man or like, oh man, there is, yeah. there is bumblebee fella or something like that. You know what I mean? So like- <laughs> it was a little tricky, you know, because there are some characters that are are more those like archetypes. Like, you know, like we have a character brain tease. It's like, he's clearly Hitler who's kind of given into his own like tics and mental illness. Like he's, he's lost, you know? Yeah. Um, so we wanted you to think of the Riddler uh you know in that way but then you know other characters like like frankie like playtime it played more into who she was we knew we wanted her to start off as a sidekick so that like her powers have this innocence to them it's all toy based things her mom was toy queen it's very silver age 
and the idea of like her resenting it, but it's kind of stuck in it, you know, that she has to build these toys because that's what her power is. And, and we just thought that would be kind of interesting. And yeah, like, yeah, scalpel makes sense. She's the mob doctor. And, and, you know, uh, you know, I think some of the heroes are supposed to be more clearly based on, you know, justice league or Avengers characters, but you know, I think for us, it was like, they should be familiar enough, you know, like, oh, we want a rhino type, you know, but we'll, we, we'll name him Snake Stalker. We wanted him to feel a little more modern. Like he's, he, he fell out of an image book from the nineties. You know, we wanted them all to feel like, like different eras sort of um, kind of pushed together. So, you know, it is, it is tricky, but usually you kind of start with the gimmick or the power yeah. or the feel and you kind of build from there. And like, the hardest one is who's who's our kind of joker allegory because it's like that that's been done to death we yeah. just pictured the design you know and how creepy that would be and we kind of let scott go from there and then when like mike mignola delivered that cover of him we're like oh wow this has become its own thing it's it's really unique and, and terrifying now, did you now, guys? Oh, go ahead, Kev. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, like, now you guys have a like have a bunch of covers from a bunch of spectacular people. Who who do you guys get covers from? Oh my God, it's, it's a murderous row. So, um, uh, Mignola was the first issue, that which is felt, fucking amazing. I don't think any of us have like believe it's real, even though I held it today in my hands. <laughs> it's like someone tricked him. How did this happen? And for Scott, it that's his hero. So when we knew he was going to um, do a cover, Scott's like, he's doing stick, man. That's my favorite design. That's the, I'm not, we're not arguing about this. That's the character he's going to draw. And we're like, okay, <laughs> you know, no, no problem. Uh, I think that's a great idea. Uh, you know, one of my all time favorite artists, uh, Kevin McGuire did a cover. So I ended up buying that from him uh, down at Comic-Con. Cause I was like, I have to have this. Like I'm such a justice. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, one from, uh, uh, Franco Valli, how do you say his name? Franco, Franco, Franco Yes, which is a really gorgeous one. And then Tess Fowler did this one that just blew us away. Um, it's, you know, a Frankie at the bar and Patton bought it before I could even make an offer. That, that's the biggest fight between the two. He and I are such uh, art lovers that we're like just constantly like, okay, I I call that page Scott. Don't don't let Patton take that. Um, because you, you just want to own a piece of it. It's so gorgeous. So yeah, the covers are unbelievable. We're getting a chrome cover, which comes that's out next cool. week for the first one, which is at the 90s. You know, because I would buy all those War Machine and cable. Oh yeah, covers. totally. <laughs> uh, so I was so excited about that. So it's been it's been very cool. Um, I hope I'm not missing anyone. Oh, there no. was there was um, there was another variant that came out uh, today that was our final uh, order one that was by. Um, oh my god! Now I feel like the biggest asshole because I can't remember his name. It's okay. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Who's doing Aquaman? Uh, that black label one. Uh, oh, Aquaman, um, uh, uh, Andromeda. Oh, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That book fucking rips, dude. Yeah, it does. Um, Ramsey's um, dope. That's why. Yeah, but the art's also good. Here, hang on. I, let me let me Google. I can't it. remember the artist's name though. That's what I'm googling it right now. Hang on. Yeah. Uh, he's Rob. such a nice guy, and he's so awesome, and kind of and reached Ward, out. Christian Ward. Christian Ward. Uh, I'm sorry, Christian, that I just had a mind break. I, it's okay. a long I, got it. I, I got it. For the record, I went to four comic shops today to go stop. Nice. Brain dead. 
Nice. Nice. Um, now let me ask, can I ask you a question first? Because I, I know you're rattling off the, did you guys go to Dark Horse with a list of people you wanted variants from? Or Dark Horse is like, hey, these are who we can get you. It was based, they're just like, hey, name some people you you love. Wow. Like, Mignola was theirs because we wouldn't have even dared. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it was just like, here's a long list. And they're like, oh, this person's too busy. This person said yes. And, you know, each time we were blown away. And then, you know, it just got to a point though, we were ready for production and paid everyone. And I, I did a panel with Sinkevich at um, um, Comic Con. And, and uh, he's like, why didn't you ask me to do a cover? I'm like, we did. <laughs> you were too busy. He's like, I don't remember that. You must talk to me. I want to do one. And I was like, can we get Sinkevich to do it now? And they're like, we're, we already printed these, you know, like it's a little late. <laughs> Jordan, but we're we hoping, obviously, we can do more of the Jordan, book. Jordan, we uh, can't so we... get everyone you run into at Comic-Con a cover for this book, man. Dude, <laughs> dude, Sinkevich, Sinkevich, Major Mummy, sold. I'm just saying. Oh, my God. That's perfect. Let him do all the weird background characters i'm just saying um, major mummy sikevich sold so that's, that's that's a great idea all right done <laughs> i mean i would love to do some kind of tales of twilight city anyway so that we could tell some of these stories there you go yeah that would be dope it, just, it just spins off itself yeah i mean we have an idea of you know the next two arcs if we're allowed to do them but um i would love to just keep building out such a, a fun place stories that's awesome. So, um, all right. So you got this thing, you're doing a four issue mini. Are you going to, it sounds like you're already thinking of more stories in this world. Is that going to happen next? you think, or. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I guess we have to wait and see how it does, but we, they just kind of came out of these discussions and then, you know, obviously there's interest in developing it for TV and stuff like that. But we, we consciously said like, we're happy to talk about that after we write the comic like yeah, yeah 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 i i really wanted to make sure this was like the most pure comic book thing <laughs> in the world and that there was no like oh this is some old pilot that we turned into a comic so that we can sell it again to make it a pilot or yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. you know because already we're tv movie guys coming into this world that is so sacred to me that I didn't want to be those guys who you know you know we're just like this is just a means to an end it's like we just came to tell and make a great fucking comic. And yeah. if anything else comes out of it, awesome. But we're not discussing that until the comic's done because I don't even want that in my brain. Well, I think you can tell because reading, you sent the PDF over, uh, it reads like a comic. You can tell when somebody's writing a, 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 a proof of concept storyboarded thing like this like is an more actual, slick yeah. it's more slick than yeah. than which then like and and that's not saying that the book isn't great like it's just it's made to be a comic that's what you were yeah. doing yeah and it's obvious by by when you read it like this is not like a slick like like let's think about the Hollywood production thing. Yeah, like yeah, how, yeah. how can we how can we make sure that this can become a movie set oh we put a of course we put a, a, a giant kaiju in it no that's not what you do like that's yeah. gonna cost a lot of money you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah, so it was, it was a very, very pure writing and, and production of putting it together kind of thing that was just us going, you know, what if this, what if that, you know, well, let's reference this comic, let's reference that one. And, yeah. and I think it's, you know, ultimately a love letter to, to why we show up every Wednesday. You know, awesome. to the so you and said you, you said you were at four signings this, this week, you went to four shops today? Well... I felt bad because we were going to have them all week. And um, 
And then, and Scott was going to fly in, we're all going to do this together. And unfortunately, you know, Patton is on a show that just kept him in Savannah and, and he was heartbroken. We were heartbroken. Uh, so I wanted to just, you know, I was the only one in LA where this was going to be, um, since, you know, we were waiting, we're going to, we're going to do them, but Scott can only come once. So we, we pushed it for the second issue. So I was okay. like, well, everyone ordered the, you know, I'll, I'll go around and, and, and sign a few and, and, you know, um, kind of thank everyone for their support and then you know we'll, we're going to do a big a big signing you know at all these stores that we were going to before awesome. when the second one comes out scott's going to raffle off art original art and stuff like that's gonna be really fun but we were going to do it this week so i was like you know what i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna show it listen to you you're a man of the people a man of the comics people yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, i was like so worried they were going to get stuck with like all this inventory, they ordered enough for signings. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, it's a return of loss. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't feel as guilty. I don't want you guys taking any loss and supporting us. Yeah. Uh, now, was anybody bummed out when you just walked in and like, hey, where's Pat and Oswald? And they're like, they knew. Uh, we, I gave them a heads up uh, <laughs> last week. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, we'll, we'll sign the first ones, we'll sign the second one, we'll get to do all of it. And, you know, get to get the whole team together. Felt right to do it all together. We're like, oh, do we just just Scott and I, and then Pat and I can do another week. And we're like, no, let's just wait and you know have the whole team and go out and have dinner and kind of celebrate the book. You guys should have done like a weekend at Bernie's thing with like a pretend Pat and Oswald. That yeah, fun, like a cardboard, right? like, like a cardboard yeah, one. Just take him to every yeah, side. Drag his, it around. His stunt double, maybe his stunt. You have holes yeah. where his arms are, so one yeah. of us can put our hands. <laughs> like <our> stunt. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. I, I would have been in. I would have. I would have went just for that. I would have yeah. been like, just signed his name for him. Man, like, Pat Oswald's He's really nice, but he's so quiet. Yeah, he doesn't move much. Uh, he's very he, shy. I mean, I did that for Bob at C two E two. He was away from the booth, and and somebody was like, "Oh, well, I'll have to come back and get him to sign." I was like, "I'll just sign it for him. I, I know how he's going to sign it already." And the, and they were like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll do, and I'll do it." And then you'll get a real one from him when he comes back. And then they thought that was hilarious for some odd reason. I was like, "I'm playing," but like they're like, "Oh no, really? We, do it." <laughs> we make art together. I know how he signs his name. <laughs> we're basically one person. I'll do yes, it. we're basically yeah. we we share a brain, so it's fun. yeah, yeah. So like, how does the writing process work with you two? Like, do you guys work off a hard outline, or like, do, do you guys break it up by scenes? How does it work for you guys? Yeah, so we'll we'll get together a few times just to kind of hash out the shape of the, the issue, and, you know, for, the, for who's narrating it, whose story are we telling? You know, we I think we since we do come from TV, obviously we're telling this chapter of, of a much larger story, but we also in the issue, you know, not yeah. just like a chunk. Um, so. Um, you know, we, we break that out and, and then we'll start to outline. The problem is every time we get together, it's a lot of like, did you see this yet? Did you watch that? Oh, like it's just rabbit holes. So we give ourselves like an hour to bullshit and catch up on all pop culture, comics, TV, whatever. And yeah. then when that's out of the way, then we get down and we work and we'll outline. Um, and then we'll kind of be like, oh, I have, a, I have a good take on that scene. I'll take this one. You want to take that one? And then we'll just pass them back together and, and, um eventually they just start to become one voice and one story and um through the process wow that's really that's, fun that that's an interesting cool. way to yeah. do it yeah it's uh yeah it's it's other times there's been times too where we we just write it all you know certain scenes together um in a room but it just it just depends on you know if we're both 
working or you know traveling or anything like that obviously we started this in the you know in the the kind of uh middle of the pandemic so it was Mm -hmm. a lot of zooms which suck um to to work (laughs) over but uh, eventually we were able to kind of finish it out together in person which was fun that's that's awesome that's good um so issue one came out last week because this episode will be out next week when does issue two come out well this week when this airs the uh chrome cover should be coming out because it was a weekly uh, and issue two comes out the, come on uh, man you gotta have this intro jordan let's go i know i know i told you i was so so busy doing uh one but issue two <laughs> is uh the 26th all right uh, okay. of september all right i'm double checking that Hold on. No, wait, I'm sorry. 28th of September. Okay. All right. Okay. The 28th of uh, September is issue two of Minor Threats. And the final uh, order cutoff is? Now you're putting him on the spot. Oh, there. I got that one. I, I know. He's nice. The fifth. Okay, there you go. So we got it all taken care of. Uh, I mean, Jordan, you're like a real pro now, dude. Like you got your final order cutoff dates. Like it's a lot different than TV. You got a creator own book. Yeah. You don't have like, like it's, it's it's you're like you're like in the streets in the you're trenches. Sh- yeah, dude. It's yeah. Slogging it out with us like, bums. <laughs> I was saying it's like oh, you know, when we did the Modoc show, it's like Hulu set this up and Disney and you know Marvel has these all these interviews and this time it's like, like all right, it's up to us. Roll up our sleeves. Let's hit the streets. <laughs> let's uh let's get people excited about this so um you know we've been doing a lot of interviews and podcasts and things like that and you know it's a it's a hard um industry to navigate because there yeah. aren't as many like oh these are the websites you have to do these are the pod- it's kind of like very spread out everywhere you know um we've been lucky that we've had some amazing people read it and, and tweet about it. we had some good poll quotes from Patton Calden you know some favors and 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 like Taika Waititi's on the on the cover of our first one uh that's cool and, yeah and um we just got Neil Gaiman gave us a quote which Ooh, was very cool that's a good one that's a great um, one yeah and um you know there's been a few other people and I've given it to some friends and stuff so you know you try and it out there to people who have voices but um i just can't yeah, wait for, I, I, I can't no, wait. it doesn't seem like there's a roadmap to yeah, promoting a comic there's really not I, I i can't wait till you're on kickstarter wait till you're there that's a whole other fucking world <laughs> yeah like it's, I, it's I've an animal for films and stuff when i was doing uh, oh. films so you so know I, I so you know yeah. yeah yeah i still have some gift or some of those uh unlocked uh gifts or whatever that i've never fulfilled orders <laughs> Jordan. Someone brought up at my, my birthday this week. So we were joking about how uh, she never got her thing from this small short we did in like 20, 2009, maybe. Or something. Wow. Your Kickstarter rating is shit right now, buddy. I know. No one's going to trust me. <laughs> no, I mean, but uh, I do want to tell you guys how much I enjoyed Dust Pirates. It was such a joy. Oh, thank to get you. The world building was fantastic. I loved it. And I love how you guys weaved in. The Atlantis mythology and and kind of the uh, the actual like historical fiction stuff and and the characters were a blast. So congratulations, guys! It Thanks, is, man. We're well, we're, we're always hustling, book. always hustling, always trying to make these books. You know what I mean? We're just trying to make the best comics we can make, just like you, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It making them is really fun. 
Yes. Everything after that is a real pain in the ass. But the making. <laughs> but I mean, but you kind of said it best. It's like you don't know where to where to go or what to do or there's no established who to talk to or like do I hire a PR person and if I do, am I wasting my time? Like there's or money. Just, yeah, yeah, there's just like all yeah. these kind of weird. Some it just it feels like you're just literally standing on the interstate screaming, "Buy my comic book, please!" And hopefully somebody hears you. Yeah. You know? it, yeah, it's I I become friends um Kyle Higgins and I was asking him and I was like, you did it. Like you built a superhero world from scratch that is successful in launching multiple comics with all the radiant black stuff. Like, what was the trick? And he was like, I made something intentionally, you know, that like wouldn't feel too off from Power Rangers so he could bring that audience with him. It was like I'm going to create a place for these people who now follow my work to land, to recognize it. And I think, you know, like it is, I think we talked, you know, a little bit like, you know, if you can get a book that has an audience at one of the majors, then like, you know, creating something that feels completely fresh and original, but also makes sense to the fandom you've yeah. created yeah. you know yeah you built he, i thought that was good advice because yeah. he did do some power rangers books for a while too so it's just kind of like the gloves are off i can do what i want now and here. and he did that cow book at image for a while that like yeah. that was his first yeah. one yeah. and then he just combined the two of those things and made that radiant black book which is a super smart move like every time yeah. i see it i'm like that's really smart because he took the two audiences he's known for and like mushed them into one audience which is that's pretty smart mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's really new where he's a filmmaker and stuff. So he's, he, they put out a cartoon, you know, yeah. they did like an audio thing. They, he's got like a black light issue. Um, you know, he's really smart at, at like, let me feed my fans something more, give them something extra that you can take beyond the comic, which I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. is what people want if you go to a comic-con that's the point of comic-con right i love this thing so much i need it to go on past the comic ending i need to celebrate it with people i need to dress up cosplay buy the merch like that's the instinct of fans is yeah. is i don't want this feeling to end feed me you know and and i think he's so good at that of like oh well here did you there's this whole thing you can unlock with a qr code you know yeah. like it's, and he's got he's, like a radiant black helmet somewhere i think i saw that that from comic con yeah. yeah so that's pretty dope and i was like oh that's really cool like like i don't even like power rangers but this is cool like I, I unequivocally it's it's dope to look at so like that's always fun when you see somebody doing stuff like in comics that are translating into other things it's like oh that's really cool that they have a toy or that's really cool that they, that hellboy yeah. toy like that i saw I think like two years ago from, I still want it. I don't even know where to find it now, but like, it's a dope Hellboy toy that just looks amazing. So I'm like one day. Yeah. You just crave that stuff. I mean, I just bought all the new superpowers stuff. Cause I had to have that packaging and play with those toys. Like they, the McFarland put out uh superpowers toys. But they're yeah, only yeah, at Walmart. Yeah. So I had to buy them on eBay. Cause I don't want to even have a Walmart. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, it, it's like, I you want to I wanted to keep going. I'm not that this Justice League comic is not. A, I need to play with like my kids, quote quote unquote, with my kids. Uh, even though 
uh, my oldest is like, did you buy these for yourself? I'm like, no, they're for the family, but be very careful with them. They're very yes. precious. And if, yeah. if they're for the family, then why are they still in the box? Please be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't anyone bother me. But so like, so you're mentioning Kyle Higgins. Are there anybody else out there who you see doing comics and kind of comic marketing well that you kind of market some of your ideas or kind of you try to follow what they're doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's different ways. I think there's also um, an online presence, you know, where it's a, it's a, there's some people who are really good at engaging, like Gail Simone, just like, yeah, engages mm -hmm. with her fans in a way where it's like, it's kind of what was right, the, the um, Stan Lee thing of the 60s of, of like creating this world where it's like, we'll have a dialogue to, together like you're a part of this like we i'm i'm easily accessible like right was was what he did with the letter columns and stuff and sans yeah. soapbox yeah so i think that is definitely a way and she's like fantastic at that she just has people like i think even i've talked to her i'm like i think we're friends but i've only talked to her on twitter like she's <laughs> um and that's know. when you know you're that's when you know you're good at social media marketing is when you go we're friends and you that person couldn't pick you out of a fucking lineup but you go totally. but in your head you're like we're friends i know we are you know yeah absolutely absolutely but i'm trying to think of like you know i don't know her stephanie phillips right just launched that i love stephanie i yeah i want i tried to meet her at heroes just because i wanted to just tell her like hey you're fucking great man the shit you put up with on a daily basis yeah. and you just keep going and you keep writing these books and fuck them all like i love her attitude about all this stuff man like yes, she's, she's a fantastic writer yeah. she's had to deal with a ton of bullshit so much but bullshit you see like that that grim is it what's it is it called grim what is it that grim reaper book i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head um that's crushing yeah and it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere and it's like going back to four like four or five so it's like you know and i read it and it's fantastic but it was like how did this break how did you get this to break through like obviously the quality of the writing is there but it i would love to just pick these people's brains and be like how did you because lots of great stuff never makes it through the noise it's yeah. a crowded yeah shelf you know everyone say I, I was so grateful today when i walked and i was like oh thank god i'm only buying like seven books today so maybe <laughs> like, I need to, like went home with like 15 or 12 and I'm like oh we, we have a shot um it's someone buying us because they're like oh it's a light week um so uh yeah it's it's such a thing when you don't have that giant fan base of like you know, Jason Aaron or Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, How do you... You, you table next to them, game? Jordan, yeah. when you're at the con. Yes. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. When their line wraps around, someone invariably look at your book because <laughs> yeah. they're bored. I mean, the, the other thing is is consistency. <laughs> like, you know, James Tynion is a fantastic writer, but that guy has a new creator-owned book. Like, if, Yeah, I don't know how he keeps up with it all. I don't either. I'm exhausted trying to do one. Uh, I'm exhausted trying to read all of his stuff. It's like, dude, there's more? Like, how am I going to keep up with all your work? Yeah, but you there's know? that too of like, oh, this is a voice I trust and he's consistent and, and he's lots of it if I want more. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the secret is. I think that would be a really interesting book, to be honest, is to interview a lot of these people and be like, what was the moment your creator own thing brought out and how to get to there? Because- this is such a baffling industry. Yeah, it really is. It, it really is. is. Yeah. 
because the, one of the things that we found when we were doing Metal Shark was like people were like into it, but we didn't know how they got there. So it was very like mm-hmm. weird when we were doing that Kickstarter with 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 the art coming in. Half of the people we didn't know them, yeah. and so that that's a weird place to be when you're making a comic and someone's like, "Hey, this looks cool. I'm gonna draw it." Here's like here's the picture. Here's the DP. Here's the picture with the DPI. Like so you can print it in a book. And we were like, "Well, we can't pay you because there's like." 50 of you and yeah and like they're like oh no no you don't have to it's like because it's awesome we just want to like get and that, that so was cool. kind of cool yeah that was like yeah. a cool like a cool moment but like we didn't know that that was gonna happen we had no idea i mean so. there's that i mean the con circuit is a way for sure like i was thinking of like a, like your kyle starks right like that was a word of mouth book that he was at all these cons pushing yeah um him on the mat, you're you talking know? about um the ballad of ricky thunder the Legend of I, Ricky Thunder, I, I think it's. A- I was thinking of what's the other one that's like the um, the action movie one. Uh, oh, Sex uh, Castle. Yeah, and maybe I'm. Sex Castle. Maybe I don't even have his career. He probably did like ten books before that. On my radar, but I heard it because other people who go to cons and meet him, like you know, were talking about it. Yeah, Kyle's great. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, there's lots of lots of different, I guess, ways to do it, but. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting, and and you know, I I just don't want to walk away, you know, uh, with any regrets. Or I felt much more on the hook than like, you know, if doing something for Marvel, where it's like, well, this is the assignment they gave me. I did my thing. I went out there. I tweeted about it a few times. I did the interviews they asked me to do. Here, it's like, oh man, Dark Horse took a, a chance on us and put up this money. We better we better hit the ground. We better do every. I don't want to like wake up in the middle of the night and be like, oh man, I should have done one more podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and cold sweats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, do we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule? I mean, you were at four comic shops today. Go take a nap or something. You earned it. <laughs> Go get some rest for Pete's sakes. And everybody buy Minor Threats. Yeah, man. It looks like Thank a you. really great book. We're really excited for you. And buy and, the Chrome uh, version. Because... Yeah, the Chrome version. Because yeah. neato. <laughs> issues and and um you know we're just we're very proud of it and you know put everything we had on on left it all in the field and uh we're you know uh we show people dig it all right man well, jordan thank you so much dude thank you guys this was a blast yeah man you're listening to the word bros podcast the wordbros.com.